0: We've all had the experience of encountering something that is out of context, and we uh, we kind of scratch our head and you know say, "How how does that relate? How does that hang together?" You've had that experience, right? And it's just it doesn't completely make sense. Several weeks ago, I had such an encounter as I was browsing through a newsfeed app. A lot of different. Uh, articles from different contexts and different situations, but my eye suddenly fell on a text of Scripture. And it was from Ephesians chapter 5, to be exact, and I read the words, and I was so surprised. It said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. It's a great text, amen? And I looked at it, though, and I thought, what is that text doing in this context? Because, you see, the passage was part of an Instagram post from the Hollywood actor Stephen Baldwin. And I wondered, why would Stephen Baldwin post a Bible verse? Now, that's probably bad on me for making that assumption of a Hollywood actor that he would not do that, but it just seemed so out of context until I read further. You see, Stephen Baldwin's daughter, Haley, had just announced her engagement to Justin Bieber. Now, now, Jeff, I never thought I would mention that name in a, in a sermon, but there, but there you go. It was Justin Bieber. They, were getting, they had just gotten engaged. I learned later that Stephen Baldwin is a committed Christian. I did not know that. And he was so very thankful to God that his daughter had found a life partner who would cherish her with that kind of love. He said that his face and that of his wife were just beaming with joy and thanksgiving to God for his tremendous blessing as their children were anticipating this union. And I was touched, and suddenly it didn't seem so out of context after all. Here was the love of a father for his treasured daughter and son-in-law And he wanted, above all else, to wish them God's choicest blessing. And it made perfect sense in that context. A father's love. And as I reflected, I was quickly reminded of my own love for my son and daughter-in-law, as just a little over two years ago, I had one of the most profound privileges of my life, and that was to conduct their wedding ceremony. Now, here's Tyler and Olivia. Could you, could you find a more beautiful bride and more handsome husband? They, they, they look great there, don't they? They look, they look great. And one of the many aspects that made this so profound for me was that we were continuing what had become a family tradition as it was my own father who performed our wedding, Janine and myself, our wedding, over 34 years ago. And here we are in Inverness, Florida, some 34 years ago. Now, I want to tell you, dear friends, that is a beautiful bride. That is a beautiful bride. And she's right over here, right over here to my right. A beautiful, beautiful bride. Now, I promise you this concludes the family picture album section of our time together this morning. No, no more pictures, I promise you. No more pictures. But I wonder, what does a father's love prompt him to share with his children on such a significant and blessed occasion? I'd like to invite you to think and explore with me this morning several truths that I shared with my son and his bride on that day, truths that I encourage them to always remember And I'd like to invite you to reflect on how these truths mirror our Heavenly Father's love for us. Not so much this morning a message on marriage, as good as that might be, but on our walk with our Lord and Savior. How does our Father's love guide and lead us? What is it all about? What can we appreciate about that love in our lives each and every day? First, I encouraged the young couple to always remember how God brought them together in his marvelous providence. And I would like to encourage each of us to always remember how God called and saved you. God's providential leading and adjusting of events and circumstances is absolutely amazing. Would you say that's true in your life? Absolutely amazing. Do you remember the circumstances of your conversion? The story surrounding it for some of us here this morning that might be an elaborate and involved dramatic account a Damascus Road type experience for others it might be a gentle and quiet prompting but it doesn't matter what type of story it is because it is your story of how God loved you and drew you to his side by his grace and by his love and by all means if you have not had that experience of giving your heart to God make today your story and come to him and accept his love and grace in your heart but no matter what your story I want to invite you to recount that story regularly to recite it why you might ask what's so important about doing that why do we need to remember because dear friends if your experience has been anything like mine over the years you have discovered that present circumstances and challenges can be like blinders for us and they can obscure our vision and remembrance of God's leading. I will never forget one of our nursing leaders at Florida Hospital who always made it a practice to give a special gift to her newly graduated nurse orientees who were just beginning their weeks of orientation. You might think, what would she give to them? Here's what she gave to them. It was a disposable camera. That's what she gave. She would buy dozens of them, give them to every one of the new graduates. And she would encourage them to capture the moments in pictures. Their classmates, their instructors, special times together, significant moments that they experienced. And she would share with them, not not to do that just for the fun of it. She would comment on how in future years, when work might seem bleak and a little devoid of meaning, they could take out that photo album and remember how and why they entered the field of nursing. I loved that practice on her part. And you know what? Each of us here this morning has a photo album in our minds of how God called us to himself, of how his love reached us in our particular situation as he invited us to salvation. You remember the words, we have nothing to fear for the future except as we shall what? Forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. Let us never, ever forget the way God called each one of us. In the majestic old English words of William Shakespeare, God's goodness hath been great to thee. Let never day or night unhallowed pass, but still remember what the Lord hath done. That's a father's love for his children. Always remember, secondly, my children, I said to them on that day, Always remember to tenderly nurture and grow your relationship with one another and with God. And I would invite us to always remember to daily nurture and grow our relationship with our Lord and Savior. It it demands tending on our part, intentionality on our part. And the same God who has called us in his grace promises to make our lives a thing of beauty as we daily walk with him. I I love the way the message translation renders the words of Philippians chapter one. Here's what it says. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would do what? He would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. That's what God wants to do in your life and in my life as we deepen our walk together with Him. He has in mind a great and flourishing finish that will culminate on the day of His appearing. Let's let's make this very practical and personal for just a few moments this morning. I, I recently read a blog from a pastor in which he shared that he sometimes struggles with the spiritual discipline of daily prayer. Not that he worries that God doesn't love him or that his forgiveness is not sufficient. Those are not... That's not the reason. He expressed rather that he sometimes avoids prayer and time with God because as he said, there's so much bigger, more important stuff going on in the world than his relatively minor concerns. Have you ever felt a little bit that way? A little just a little bit that way. Listen to what he wrote. Can I really bother God with the minutia in my heart? when half the world's population lives on less than $2 a day? Do I really need to take up God's time for relief for my health issues when refugees and the ravages of war continue to tear apart countries and families? Do I really need to involve God with the dailiness, the issues, the concerns, the hopes and dreams of my life when there are so many who are in so much more need than I. Powerful thoughts that he shared very transparently in this blog. But then the pastor recounted, he found an answer to his questions from a dear friend who happens to be an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And the rabbi brought to his attention a phrase quoted by Jesus and one that appears a number of times in Old Testament Scripture in which God identifies himself by saying these words, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. You've read them. them. They're familiar words to us. Why, the rabbi asked, why did God not just say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and do it that way? It's much more simple, fewer words, takes up plus space on the page. Why not just do it that way? And the answer comes from the rabbinic tradition, and here it is. God says, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac, I am the God of Jacob. He says it that way because God had an individual and unique relationship with each one of these men. Individual and unique. And suddenly the pastor realized, God wants to have that same kind of unique and individual relationship with me. God does indeed care about the minutiae in my life and in your life. It turns out, he reflected, it turns out that God is is interested in a daily conversation about everything in your life, everything you think about, all the relationships and people you love and worry about, all of the needs you have, every one of the talents God gave you, each one of the dreams you hold. Because God is not only the God of Abraham, God is the God of Bob, and He is the God of Megan, and He is the God of Deanna, and the God of Richard, and the God of Gary, and the God of Angie. And it's true of every one of the billions of people in the world. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around it, but that's a father's love for his children each and every day. So always remember how God saved you. Always remember to grow and nurture your relationship with God. And thirdly, I reminded my son and his bride to always remember that God stands ready with all the resources of heaven to help meet any challenge or adversity they might face. it almost goes without saying but we we have to we have to affirm it this morning God stands ready and willing to marshal all the resources of heaven to aid you in your time of need we don't say that God will spare us from every challenge or circumstance not that he will solve them in the exact way that we think best but that his grace is always sufficient for every challenge that we may face, he will support us in the midst of any storm. Do you believe that this morning, my dear friends? Do you believe that? The enemy would have you believe that the tragedy you experience is too overwhelming for God's comfort to soothe. He would have you Think that the besetting sin that vexes you so is too dark for God's forgiveness to cleanse. The challenge is too high and too great for him to meet. But the enemy peddles a falsehood when he brings such thoughts to our minds. We know rather by faith that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. I remember visiting with a dear woman. In our hospital as her husband of 40 plus years lay dying in his bed and as we talked together I asked her if she might be willing to share with me and with her husband even though he could not respond if she would share with us just a little bit of what those years together had meant to her her face brightened And over the next few minutes, she shared a very special story with me of how just a few years before these events, she and her husband had together realized a dream that they had had for many years, and their dream was to buy a motorhome. And they set off in that motorhome on travels all across the country. And as we sat together, she recounted a few of those places that they had visited together. She shared the warm and precious memories that they had made during those trips, precious time that they had to spend together. And then she said to me with an assurance in her voice, she said, I'm so thankful that God worked all that out. He knew God knew what was going to happen. He allowed us to have those special moments together to deepen our love for one another, and I will always be grateful to God for that time together. And I sat there, stunned to hear her say that, in the midst of her tragedy and trial, to trace how God had blessed how his grace was with her, and how thankful she was. And my dear friends, as God strengthened this woman in her deepest time of need, God will do the very same for you and for me in our deepest moment of need because that's the love of a father for his children. And so this morning, I would invite you as you reflect on these truths. I would invite you to always remember, first of all, that it is our Heavenly Father's love that called and saved you. Never forget it. Never allow it to slip your memory. Rather, recount it. Reassure yourself of that. Renew your connection with Him as you think about the way in which He is led. Secondly, Always remember that our Father's love will make of your life a thing of absolute beauty as you commune with Him day by day. That's what He wants to do in and through your life. He will bring it to a flourishing finish, we read, as we trust in Him. And always remember that our Father's love will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what, no matter what. Country music singer George Strait recorded a song in 1990 that became a number one hit. The song is entitled, A Father's Love, A Father's Love. And through three short stanzas, the song tells the story of a young boy experiencing the love of his father and then how that boy grows into a man and then exhibits that same love for his son. It's a beautiful song with a wonderful message. But I had never heard the story behind the writing of that song until I read about it just a few weeks ago. The songwriter is a man named Aaron Barker who has spent many years in Nashville circles writing songs and he recounts the circumstances around the writing of that song, A Father's Love. When Barker's own son was 16 years of age, one day he decided, the son decided to break the family rules, several of the family rules, and he took out a car for a spin in the town alone. Alone. Now, you might imagine the scenario that's going to transpire as he took that car and drove it around town. You guessed it. He lost control of the vehicle as he was speeding around Fortunately, he was unhurt in the ensuing crash, but as he hit a curb at a rather high rate of speed in that accident, as he hit a curb, it sent one of the car's wheels careening through the air, and the wheel crashed into the hood of a gentleman's brand new Porsche, his brand new Porsche. Believe it or not, it was a Porsche which he had just picked up that day for his birthday. Imagine it. Barker commented that the gentleman was very gracious. I don't know how you would have responded. How I would have responded. How you would have responded. Your brand new Porsche you just picked up for the birthday and here's his tire denting its hood, but he was very gracious about the event. But you can imagine the discussion that evening between father and son and Barker recounts that after the family went to bed that night he got down on his knees in prayer he had really come down hard on his son and he was wondering if it was too hard or maybe not hard enough parents can you relate to that kind of a prayer Lord did I strike that right balance And as he was wondering, the question came to his mind, and here's how he expressed it. How can you be that mad at somebody and still love them that much? Where does that ability come from? And Barker got out his guitar. He began to play and to think and to pray. And it was then, he said, that the answer came to him to his question. And the answer was, that's the way God loves you. And the song began to pour out from his heart. He wrote, he played, he put it together. And the last phrase of the chorus of that song, and if you know it, you'll remember the words, the last phrase contains these words, Daddies don't just love their children every now and then. It's a love without end. Amen. Amen. That's the love, my dear friends, the love of our Heavenly Father for you and for me. It's not an on-again, off-again, fickle affection, but rather it's a deep abiding love that is beyond our deepest ability to comprehend. But it's true, it's true. Behold what manner of love the Father hath given unto us, that we should be called the children of God. Or to put it another way, in Aaron Barker's language, it's a love without end. Amen. And amen. Let's pray. Lord, we are eternally grateful for your boundless love, the love of our Heavenly Father. May we live in the assurance of that love day by day. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.